it's time for Shannon's Showbiz Sunday. With your host, our daddy, Shannon Riley. Hello, hello, and welcome once again to Shannon Showbiz Sunday right here on KSEF Digital Radio 75Live.com. Thank you to my kids for introducing me. I'm Shannon Riley. I am your host for Shannon Showbiz Sunday, where I talk about all of the great theater arts that are happening here in Northeast Kansas, and in particular, Topeka. This is an amazing town. I've always felt that it is truly amazing. And every week I get to come to you and talk with another theater professional who's also working in this area and the things that they are doing and find out what's going on in their life and what we can look forward to from them. Well, today's going to be a little bit different because There's two very important projects coming up, very near and dear to my heart, and I really want to talk about those this week. I need to get them on your calendar, folks. I need you to go to these things because they're truly going to be really, really special to me. So I thought, today, I'm going to be selfish. I'm going to do the story about my projects. And so consider this the first ever Shannon's Shellfish Showbiz Sunday as I tell you about these two wonderful projects that are coming up. And the first one is coming up on Friday, June the 24th. And it's only one night, folks. You only got one night to see this. And I really want you to be a part of it because it's a major fundraiser for Topeka Civic Theater and Academy, my wonderful place of employment where I've enjoyed working for nearly 30 years. Now, this is our Art of Murder. If you've never attended the Art of Murder before, you're in for a real treat. This is a fun night. It's hilarious. It's a chance to hobnob, hang out, have some great food, have some great adult beverage, even go to an after party where you get to dance the night away. It's a fun night out, and it all proceeds, 100%, go to the Topeka Civic Theater and Academy, helping to fund not only our productions, but our programs, all of our wonderful classes we do, and all of the things that we work hard as an arts agency to accomplish here in Topeka, and we want you to be a part of it. Let me give you a little backup story about The Art of Murder. The Art of Murder started 10 years ago. This is technically our 10th year of Art of Murder, but it's only our 8th production because we had to give up on it two years in a row due to the pandemic. So thank you very much, COVID. So we're finally back after a two-year hiatus. We're kind of Relearning the ropes, and we are about to launch our eighth production of Art of Murder. This time it's called The Case of the Deadly Grudges, and it's it's just fun. We were trying to come up with a fundraiser, some way that we could get people to participate, and as many people as possible to participate in one big event. And we're limited in terms of our space and size in our theater. We can seat 285 people, but that's not enough for a fundraiser. And it kind of drives our costs way up, and we wanted to do something that could happen in one night and be done. So, we came up with this idea of the art of murder. See, when I was in Kansas City many, many years ago, I ran an improv company over there. And to supplement our income, occasionally we'd do murder mystery parties. We were completely improv. And it was very small. It was like eight actors for a group of maybe 30 adults. And we'd go to somebody's house, and we did one around a pool, or we'd go to a banquet or an um, office party. And basically, scenes would be improv off of a simple scenario of what was happening in the story. And we thought, what a great germ of an idea. What if we could take that and blow it up into a much larger scale? And that created The Art of Murder, which is the most unique fundraiser I've ever seen. I know of no other theater who's doing anything quite like this. Now, here's how it works. 
There's one big stage at the top of the night when you first come. That's usually at 6.30. And you get to go to that stage and you get to watch a murder take place. And that's very important to me. As the writer of the story, I make sure you see the murder take place. If you have to solve it, you have to see it. So, a murder takes place right before your eyes with a cast of 12 to 13 people. Then, after that scene is over with, you split up and you can go in any direction you want to four different stages where every 15 minutes another scene is played out with clues over who the murderer might be. And on these four smaller stages which are spread out over the whole event space, in between each of them are food vendors, drink vendors, some of the best food in Northeast Kansas is available at this event, your favorite restaurants are taking part because they're supporting TCT, your favorite breweries, we have wine, we have soda, we have water, you just wander around, pick up whatever you like, take your time, go see the next scene, and every 15 minutes you get a chance to get another clue of who the murderer is. And at the end of those 15 minute scenes, then we're going to bring you back to that main stage. You get a chance to vote, and you vote on who you think the murderer is. After you place your vote, you get to see the final scene which reveals it, and one lucky person who voted for that murderer gets a grand prize at the end of the night. It's so much fun though. It's just fun. You know, when I first started talking about doing this, I said, you know, I want it to be funny, I want it to be light, and it is, but I also want it to be a genuine mystery. And what I've always been proud of is that as people have watched these murder mysteries, every single suspect has gotten some votes every time. It's never been a blowout. It's never been obvious it's this person. You really have to use some gray matter to try and figure out who the killer is. And so I've always been very, very proud of that aspect of the art of murder. But it's also just silly. And it's very, very funny. Now this year is a little bit different too. This year it's inside. In the past, we did it at the zoo, and we did it at Washburn University outside in their center student area. We also did it in Fairlawn Plaza, which is a big indoor mall here, Then, but we had to put one scene outside. Well, now everything's inside, air-conditioned. Oh, it's been hot some years, and it's rained some years. The year we were down in downtown Topeka, and we were right on the street of downtown, a horrible storm came through as we were trying to do that event. So... We're insulated this time because we're going to be out at out at Washburn Tech, the Huntoon campus, on Friday, June the 24th. And it is going to be a blast. It's called The Case of the Deadly Grudges. And ticket price is only $50. It all goes to support Topeka Civic Theater. And if you want, you can buy a VIP ticket for $85. Then you get to attend an after party where we just dance the night away. Again, there's great food, great drink. And a pretty funny play, if I do say so myself. And all these actors get to meet with me, we work together, and we create this murder mystery that you get to pull apart and see if you can solve. So, I'm going to challenge you, how good of a gumshoe are you, and can you solve this crime? Well, I'm going to give you a couple of hints ahead, so you can take a little bit of jump ahead of everybody else who's going to be attending The Art of Murder. Since The Art of Murder is going to take place on this campus of... Washburn Tech, I thought, let's do a collegiate theme. And so it's a 40th anniversary of a graduating class of 1982 returning to their alma mater for a big party. Yet, boom, one of them drops dead right in front of you. But who did it? And this is the fun we get to have. Now, it's called the case of the deadly grudges because it concerns two brothers, identical brothers, Holden A. Grudge and Carrie A. Grudge. Now, they're both graduates of the class 
1982, although Holden barely graduated. Holden has a lot of issues. He's been disinherited from his family fortune where they make poisons and in a big arsenic factory. And he never forgave fellow class member Claire Waters for breaking up with him before the spring formal dance or that her, his old classmate who became coach at the college, Coach Jim Class, who stole his girl. As for his brother, Kerry A. Grudge, well, he's also a graduate of the class of 82, and he also used to date one of the twin sisters as well, D.P. Waters. However, though life has been different for Kerry, he's more of a respectable member of the community, whereas Holden has a lot to answer for. Other suspects are Coach Jim Class, who's He's now head coach of this university, What's the Matter, You? And he rose to the rank of head coach of the Fighting Sloths. And he's hated Holden A. Grudge for as long as he can remember. There's also a wealthy socialite at What's the Matter, You? And one of its greatest benefactors, Horace Racine. Horace made his money off of his prized Shetland ponies that he breeds in North Topeka. But his biggest regret is a loaning Holden A. Grudge a small fortune to start his own business, the... My Little Pony Glue Factory. Of course, it went bankrupt, and it got them both sued by Hasbro. His wife wants to let it all go. Her name is Mia Culpa, and she's hiding a big secret of her own, a secret that involves both holding a grudge and Horace, and if it comes out, somebody might die. Another classmate and suspect in all of these murders is Robin D. Cradle. Robin was never as popular as Holden was when he was in college, and he's never forgotten it. So he turns to this reunion, bringing along his beautiful young wife, Rocky D. Cradle. And Rocky D. Cradle is a very pretty and outgoing girl. And she totally outclasses her hubby, Robin. However, there's a secret that Robin is also holding. And there's a past misdeed that Holden did to Rocky that he means to make up for. Then there's Professor Justin Tenure. Professor Tenure is barely holding on to his career, and he's got a big problem on his hands. See, he's always hated the Grudge Brothers, and this reunion is his opportunity to get even with them for another past transgression. But the special surprise is our detective. Now, earlier in the year, TCT had a really smash run with Agatha Christie's wonderful mystery, Murder on the Orient Express. And in that show, the great detective, Hercule Poirot, played by Dylan Hart, was the detective who solved the crime. Well, as a fun treat, I thought it would be great to invite Hercule Poirot himself, the world's greatest detective, to come and solve our mystery. So along the line, not only will you meet these wonderful characters, but you're going to run into the world's greatest detective as he matches wits with you trying to solve this crime. <laughs> I tell you, the art of murder is one of the best events that is offered in Topeka. And I'm saying that truly out of a lot of bias, I know. But no other fundraiser in Topeka offers you theater, food, drink, comedy, prizes, and a chance to match your wit with the world's greatest detective. So join us for The Art of Murder. For more information about it, you can contact us through our website, www.topekacivictheater.com. You can go to the Donate button, and you'll see immediately a whole page listing about Art of Murder. There's also a, an opportunity to be a sponsor for the event as well. There's great sponsorship opportunities involved in the entire fundraiser, and all of this goes to support your favorite community theater, Topeka Civic Theater. It's, again, June 27th, 
and it's a fun night and we're going to be at Washburn Tech inside where it's air conditioned with great food, great drink, and great comedy. So that's why I've always loved The Art of Murder. It's unique. It's unlike anything else. You've now met the suspects. You heard about the detective. It's whether or not you can solve the crime and also enjoy quite a bit of libations at the same time. <laughs> so, we'll see you at Art of Murder. It's one of my favorite events, and I'm so happy that it's back. Even though we got shut down for two years, it hasn't stymied my enthusiasm for this great fundraising event. Join us at the Art of Murder, okay? Please consider joining us and being a part of this great fundraiser. It's going to be a lot of fun. And in the end, we'll find out how good a gumshoe are you. We're going to take a short break, but when we come back, we're going to talk about my other pet project, and that's a play called Voiceless. And we'll be back right after this short break. So, we'll see you soon. Bye-bye for now. This show is presented to you by 785 Magazine, KSCF Digital Radio, and your fabulous volunteer host. To support the host, this show, and the station, please consider making a one-time or reoccurring contribution or become a show sponsor. Learn more at 785live.com. Please note that all donations and sponsorships are split between the volunteer host and the station, so there's a great chance you might just receive two thank you cards. We appreciate you, and thank you for listening to KSCF, Digital Radio, Topeka. Hello, and welcome back to Shannon Showbiz Sunday, right here on KSCF, Digital Radio, 75live.com. Hey, you can reach me at shannonjreilly.com as well. You can send me a message there. If you want to send me an email, send it to shannon at shannonjreilly.com. I check it every day, and I'd love to hear from you if you're listening to the program and you have some ideas about a future podcast or some ideas of what I should be doing. I'd love to hear from you. And today, it's a little bit different. I'm not really talking to another theater professional here in Northeast Kansas. Instead, this is Shannon's Shellfish Showbiz Shundown, as I'm talking about two very, very important projects near and dear to my heart. Now, I spent the first half of my program talking about the art of murder. Gotta go. You gotta see this. It's a really wonderful event. But this one's coming up a little bit sooner, and you got more opportunities to see this because this is a brand new play that's running on TCT's main stage June 3rd through June 18th. It's an original play called Voiceless, written by me. And I'm very, very excited about this play. I'm very excited about how many actors are willing to take part in something untested like this and give it a shot, and I'm very honored that TCT is giving me an opportunity to put this wonderful show on the stage. I want to do a little background about myself as a playwright. First of all, I never thought I'd be one, but when I came to the theater, I found myself doing a lot of creative writing for the theater over and over again, writing scenes for uh, season teasers where we announce our new season, writing scene comedy scenes for our volunteer awards, or even writing commercials, which I ended up doing for not only TCT, but a lot of other different organizations. So it gave me an opportunity to really start thinking a different light and working creatively in a new way. And that's when I started writing a lot more. And it was shortly after I started doing The Art of Murders that I decided I wanted to do something more. I wanted something bigger. And I'd come home one night from work, and we were doing play reading at that time, and for those of you who may not know, TCT has a 
wonderful committee of about 12 people, and we meet from September to December reading plays and trying to pick what we're going to put on our three stages. We try to find 23 very, very strong productions. And what's surprising, I think, to a lot of people is that the hardest thing to find is the comedy that we like. A lot of comedies have some kind of social issue that's not going to really play very well in the heartland, or they've got language issues, or they're just not playing funny. And it's very hard to find a comedy that you can really rely on to put on your season. At least it is for us. It's usually the hardest thing we have to do. So I came home from a very frustrating play reading committee where we were adding around ideas of different comedies, and we just didn't have anything at the time. At least nothing that we were really super excited about. And I said to my wife, you know, some of these plays that are out there being done, and a lot of them were being done in several theaters across the nation, I said, they're terrible. I mean, I could write a better play than this. And my wife looked at me and she said, well, then do so. <laughs> she called my bluff. And I loved it. I had never really thought that that could be possible, that I could sit down and write a whole play. And I have had been doing The Art of Murders, which are essentially uh, six scene one acts, and they have to be done within a uh, span of about an hour. It's quite a big jump from that to a main stage show with an intermission two-act play that could hold people's attention for that amount of time. So I said to her, my beautiful wife, I don't know what I'd write about. Well, it turns out that about two years after we got married, I didn't have very much money, and our anniversary was coming up, and I wanted to give my wife something very special for that anniversary. So I wrote a very long poem, and the poem was called Voiceless. And the poem was about a jester who could not speak. Somehow the image of a jester who gestures made me laugh. <laughs> it still makes me laugh. And so I wrote this, it was a two-page poem about this jester who could not speak until he met the beautiful Princess Alex, who gave him his ability to speak. He found his courage. And in a lot of ways, that's what Alex was doing to me when she told me, go write this play. She had more confidence in me than I did, and she was certain I could do it. So I'm talking to my wife, and I said, well, I don't know what I would write about. What, what would my play be? And she said, well, I wish you'd write about Voiceless. And I said, what's voiceless? You see, this was a good eight, nine years later. And she said, you don't remember that? And she dug out this old poem, and she gave it to me. And I read it, and the very next day, I sat down and started writing voiceless. It's kind of a Princess Bride-type story. And it's kind of Princess Bride meets Monty Python, in a way. Because it's just silly. If I'm going to write it, it's going to be silly. But she just really inspired me. And as I started writing this play, I had no idea where it was going to take me. And it just took off. I finished the play in around two, three weeks. I didn't really have too many times where I could just sit down and write uninterrupted, particularly since my job is pretty demanding and I'm at the theater almost seven days a week. So finding the time to carve out just to sit down and write was sometimes very difficult. But I found that when I did sit down and start to write, ideas were coming very quickly. And I got myself lost in the story of Voiceless. So I wrote Voiceless. And though it was my first play, I could not stop. 
and almost immediately started working on my second play, which was called Morbid Curiosity, which was about a boring ghost. <laughs> and I came up with this boring ghost story out of an improv sketch that I did with our company Laugh Lines. I wrote out this play, Morbid, and submitted it to the Play Reading Committee at TCT the next year. And I submitted it under a false name because I didn't want it to get unfairly picked because it had my name or unfairly discounted because it had my name. So I lied about where the play came from and who wrote it. And oddly enough, the whole committee loved it. And it got selected. I revealed that I was indeed the playwright, and we produced Morbid Curiosity later that year. Well, after I did that, I thought, should I really go back and submit Voiceless? And my wife said, heck, yeah, you should. But this time, be honest about it. So I put it out there under my own name, and it made it all the way through again. We were supposed to do Voiceless last season. And, of course, there was that wonderful pandemic, and we were shut down. So, finally, after waiting for so long, we're back in doing Voiceless. And what's really fun about it is I'm working with an incredibly talented cast, and they're helping me rewrite major portions of the play as we go along. There's some great new jokes we've got in there, some great physical humor we've got in there, and it really is becoming a labor of love of a play we're all creating together. So what is the story of Voiceless? Well, it tells the story of... Again, this gesture who gestures, but it starts first off with our main hero, Flynn, by the way, is his name, being found as a baby inside a crate abandoned in an enchanted forest. He's found by an old witch by the name of Hagatha, and Hagatha raises the boy, but the boy has the gift of gab. He just talks and talks constantly and never shuts up, and it's driving Hagatha crazy. So, she casts a spell. And in that spell, she says his voice will be lost until he can find the person he was intended to be with for the rest of his life. And he instantly loses his voice. Well, the next day, the boy disappears. Turns out he gets picked up by the prince of a neighboring kingdom called Lullashire. This prince takes the boy in and raises him to be the new jester in the kingdom. Fifteen years go by, and now Voiceless is an adult. And they're heading to meet Prince Louis intended, the Princess Alexia in the neighboring kingdom. A kingdom that has been at war with Lullashire for ten years. But they've decided to end their brutal fighting with a marriage between the prince and the princess. But when Voiceless, Flynn, meets this princess, he can suddenly talk. So now he has two problems. His intended, the one he's supposed to be with, is now engaged to be married to his best friend. And his second problem is, the princess, upon meeting Voiceless, hates him. <laughs> it's a really fun story. Great characters that are involved in it. Uh, really a lot of funny side gags. Um, there's a character named Donald, who's a squire. There's a character called Perseverance, who has been attached to Prince Louis his whole life, and has kept him alive. There's, of course, Agatha, and in addition, I kind of blew up the narrator role, which was before just supposed to be an offstage voice, into the character of Miss Linda, who narrates our story from a big comfy chair. You're also going to meet Lady Phoebe, who's a lady-in-waiting who falls madly in love with the prince at first meeting him. 
And of course, where would we be without the villains? King Bardis, who insists on this marriage, but is really hoping to gain another kingdom that he can brutally rule. He's assisted by his two ogres, Grunt and Brute, who stand guard over the king, as well as Greta the Terrible, the worst nanny that ever lived, that holds Princess Alexia prisoner at one point. It's, it's fun. It's mind candy. It's not a really intense story, and uh, but it ends happily. You feel good about it, and in the end, isn't that a nice way to spend the night? That's voiceless. And again, that's going to be running June 3rd through June 18th, just coming up. It's right around the corner. Here we are, middle of May. So please, I know you're busy, Northeast Kansas, and I know a new play you've never heard of might sound like a little bit of a silly thing to do. But this is a little silly play. You're just going to laugh, I hope, and I hope you'll come. So, that's the end of Shannon's Shelfish Sunday. Hijack the show to talk about two of my favorite things. To find out more about both of these things, you can go to TopekaCivicTheater.com. You'll find a page about Voiceless on there, as well as a page about the art of murder and opportunities to see everything else that we're offering. Don't forget, too, if you're out there right now, TCT and our sister theater, Helen Knocker, have dynamite summer camps for kids of all ages. Let's get the kids involved in theater early. Let them experience the arts this summer. I tell you, it's a summer they will never forget, and it will change their lives. So, consider giving the gift of live theater to someone in your house that you love. Well, thanks again for listening to Shannon's Showbiz Sunday right here on KSEF. Thank you to Carice and everybody at KCEF who have let me come on, and I'll see you next week. But until then, keep it barred to the bone. Bye-bye. <laughs>